let's get ready for episode 10. Hello. Welcome to Base Cafe with Holly and Dean. I'm Dean. And I'm Holly. And this is our 10th episode. And we are going to talk about what to do when we're not out playing shows, right? Like, what, what are we going to do when we are not on tour? What are we going to do when we're not playing out for the masses, right? We have to do so many things as a musician to be an entrepreneur. So really, I'm, we're going to focus on the importance of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, well, everybody's been off tour for about a year now. So we've had to kind of reinvent ourselves with different things and really dig into what you know, we're good at, or maybe we're not so good at. And so when you're trying to build your career as a musician, you also kind of have it as a side job instead of, you know, going full force. And then eventually it becomes your full-time job if that's what you want. And so we're going to talk about that today and kind of break it down and, and, and teach you a little bit about our experiences and uh, some of our friends' experiences and, and what other people are doing right now. Yeah. Um, also, I got a chance to meet up with my good friend, Mike Gallo, the bass player of Agnostic Front. And uh, we got to jump into that a little bit. Like for me, I've been playing in bands for years and usually as a hired gun of sorts, um, you know, like no direct ownership to a couple of the different bands. So it's not like, you know, when those bands make money, I just get paid my rate, you know. So um, over the years, I've had to try and get inventive, you know, like if, if you're not making, I mean, just like all things in life, right. If you're only making the bare minimum, uh, you're, you're not really getting ahead. So like a lot of the money that I would get paid on tour would be spent eating, you know, like that's, that, that was it. It was like, it, I got paid to buy food. That's it. You know, like, um, because let's be honest, you know, like the music industry doesn't make a billion dollars um, overnight. And, uh, you know, it's, it, punk rock is it's punk rock. Um, we made enough money to survive, but there wasn't a lot for excess. When you go on tour, I mean, cutting even is kind of the goal uh, to at least cut even. But when you're trying to work for yourself and you're trying to or even taking a band on the road, and you're trying to make it better. You really have to find ways to like make more well so the importance of i think the uh, uh that we're what we're going to dive into today is like there is no one thing that makes you rich or wealthy or brings you into the black there is no one thing there isn't like you make one album and that one album covers your expenses there isn't like one tour that you go on and you know, that covers you for the year. I mean, maybe, but usually it's like you'll come a little bit to the black with from the tour, a little bit in the black from your album sales, uh, a little bit in the black from like online sales and like an overall together, that's how you're going to get your profit, right? You're going to get a little bit from everywhere. Like most marketing, um, I think you get like one or 2% back from like everything. You know, so even you can get a bigger return depending on your merch deals, right? Like some people have less overhead. Some people have more overhead. Um, 
for like their t-shirts, their CDs, their studio costs, right? Um, some people do a lot of their own work in their studio, in their house, in their basement or in their bedroom. And then like outsource for mixing and mastering. Um, that's totally viable. And that's a lot less overhead than when Metallica goes in to track an album. You know, so yeah, that all matters. And so like with a lot of these bands, I myself, I started off with just making a t-shirt, you know, I just had a, a, a white t-shirt. It's a Dean on the top and it had the minor symbol that I have tattooed on my arm. Um, and yeah, and then it just kind of grew from there. And that even led to me taking that to writing my, you know, my first solo album, just like assembling songs that I was playing that I was writing while I was on the road, you know. Um, what are some of the things that you do? No, I was gonna say, what is what are some of the things that you're doing right now to, you know, since you're not on the road, you know, and you've become quite the entrepreneur lately, if I have yeah. to say so myself. Well, I did go to college for business and entrepreneurship, so I think I've always kind of had it in me. <laughs> oh, good for you. Uh, thank you. Uh, you know, when I was in Dallas and I and I was first started doing music, um, I was a hairdresser, so I was able to make money during the day, and then I was able to fund whatever it is that I was doing with my projects, and it was really easy. Flashback or flash forward to today when I'm not doing a second you know, that uh, I'm not doing hair, I'm doing, I'm focusing on music, and I'm focusing on uh, creativity and, and trying to make that my, my career. And so I wrote a, a record a couple years ago, had some merch with it and everything, but the last year I put together a website. Um, I'm teaching base clinics from my website. Um, I'm doing this. Uh, this helps drive people to my website. Um, I have a few different um, designs of uh, like a few different designs that are on a bunch of different types of merch on my website. That's another little thing that goes into the, you got to look at it kind of like a big pot, right? So everything kind of goes in. And as you were saying just a minute ago, you know, there's not one, just one thing that will make it. It's, it isn't like that. It, it's really just, you know, it, I mean, it can be, right? It can be. It can be. The top, top, you know. Not, not in my experience, you know. Um, and similar with me, man. I, I taught myself how to play guitar and bass. Started getting gigs where I was making, you know, I would get paid a, a flat rate in the beginning of the tour. This will, this will teach you some, you know. It'll teach you to be educated. I, I haven't had anything that was like super high budget, um, or at least at that time, um, where I had to sign a contract. Right? It was just like, hey you want to come on tour, we'll pay you 600 bucks. And you're like, yeah, sure. And then you realize once you get on tour and you've taken that $600, oh man, that's like $7 a day. Yeah. You know, like, oh, that kind of, that kind of sucks actually. You know, like, um, so it was really hard. And then you start digging into your own pocket. And if you don't have a way to make money, you know, good luck. Yeah. You smoke cigarettes and you make it $7 a day. Well, I don't know what to tell you because in most states, that's not even enough for a pack of cigarettes, you know? So the, the purpose of doing a budget, you know, was really crazy to me. And so I started off 
taking deals like that and then kind of making more money, making more money, right? Getting better deals, practicing, honing my craft. Um, but then it came down to the making the t-shirt and then the, making the t-shirt um, kind of gave me the idea of a brand, yeah. right? And yeah. so I was going to, with my solo album, as I was writing these songs, I was going to call it minor. That's why the symbol is the minor. Um, but I called it Dean because I was Dean from this band. I was Dean from that band. I was Dean from here. And then the first shirt that I, I had, it was just my signature on the top of this design. <clears throat> and I use that as a way to promote myself because I also like to teach. Yeah. And so teaching is my main source of income. Even though I've been playing music for years, um, I used to work for School of Rock mm -hmm. um, in Waldwick. I, I work for School of Rock in Los Angeles now, but I used to work for School of Rock in Waldwick, New Jersey. And I just saw that model. Right. I really I applied there thinking, oh, you know, just teach some kids how I play metal. Um, I really learned the ins and outs of that. And when I got let go from there, I really took the bull by the horns and I started teaching privately. And I realized real quick, like that's where I became the stark entrepreneur mindset is once I started yeah. teaching privately, because I had to look at things like my costs versus you know my, what was my value of my time you, dude that'll teach you something when someone looks at you in the eye and you have to tell them how much money it costs to have an hour-long conversation about what's in your head with them yeah that's 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 really goddamn hard you know because you don't want to be an asshole you know, and but you have to realize you have to realize that you've spent this time honing this trade. And but if you're going to say a high number, you better you better make it worth it. Right. And so it was it was learning that balance yeah. and then turning that mindset into growing a brand. I've I've uh, been teaching for a while now under a couple different monikers because I was trying to teach with some other musicians. And in that. I've developed several websites and, you know, worked with my friend Alex on designing several websites, studying what is, um, what is a, a funnel? You know, what is a click funnel? How do you drive traffic? How do you promote? How do you get people from your Instagram to your website? How do you get people from your Instagram to your online store if it isn't on your website, you know? Yeah, I, I did a couple of websites before I did my actual website for for uh, for Holly West. And that is what I, I studied a lot was the funneling system, the marketing and things because it's online marketing. And that's what all of it is. I've studied all that all that stuff. Um, I don't know how much I believe in all of it. You know, like the only the only people who follow the endless funnels like that. Um, I don't, I don't know about their longevity, at least as far as becoming uh, a student. Right. But, but the funnel system is supposed to give you. The funnel system works great for an impulse buy. Yes, but, but you can also make the funnel system work for you in this way. You start with, you know, an advertisement on Instagram or Facebook, and then it takes you, it takes the person to their website where they can find something like a t-shirt or a video or something 
or, or maybe even not even some, a t-shirt, like a video or something else that they really enjoy. So then they subscribe to your website. Okay, that's already one, one thing that has uh, helped you, right? So then um, you start give, uh, giving them you know, weekly updates on what you're doing. And then all of a sudden they buy a t-shirt. That's another step in the funnel. And then, then they want to take lessons from you. So that's another step in the funnel. And then your final step is whatever your biggest package is for your time and your creativity and your help. And that's where the bottom of the funnel or the top big part of the funnel is. So it's basically where, or I'm sorry, it's the, it's probably the bottom, right? So it goes like this, right. <laughs> so all these little things, and then it goes all the way down and your big package at the bottom, which you only need a few people to buy. You only need a few people to really invest in that. And then there's a bunch of other people at the top that are helping, but the funnel is, you know, you keep the, the ideas and then it starts, they start investing more and more. Well, and so that's, and part of my like little bit, little bit, little bit theory is that's how bands work anyway, right? I just scaled everything that a band does down to myself. Um, and that's, you know, that was the approach that I took, took from it. I didn't go to business school. I don't have a business degree, but I can tell you that um, I used to have to grind um, at jobs that I hate. Yeah. And now I play guitar for money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and that's the truth. And like... <laughs> It's like, I think we talked about like when in business school, when you first go to business school, they talk about widgets. Like that's the first thing that they talk. Yeah. About. It's, it doesn't matter what your business is. And I, I always knew that in the very beginning that it doesn't matter if it's an album or a piece of pizza or, um, you know, or a complex piece of engineering or a pen you know, it's a product is a product. You can make a product. Supply and demand. And that's that's the ABCs of business right there. You know, you have to have people who want the, who have had the demand for your product, give them the supply and um, it works every time. And so, yeah, we have all these tools where we can funnel, right? And so both, everything that we're talking about is being what? Becoming an entrepreneur, yeah, right? Yeah. That's what we, that we have to do. We have to think outside the box. Um, I was talking with my son's mother and she, you know, she was saying like, you're, you're very innovative when it comes to a problem. Like, I don't believe in can't. Like mm -hmm. can't is worse than an F-bomb to me. You know, like yeah. Yeah. It, it's just- I had an English teacher one time she had a can of soup or something and she had an eye on it and she put it at the at the front of the class and she's like this is my i can everyone let let's say it together i can yeah that's awesome true. I mean, it's it's true like you can you can do anything you want really invest in that and then there's a bunch of other people at the top that are helping but the funnel is you know you keep the the ideas and then it starts they start investing more and more well, and so that's in part of my like little bit, little bit, little bit theory is that's how bands work anyway, right? I just scaled everything that a band does down to myself. Um, and that's, you know, that was the approach that I took, took from it. I didn't go to business school. I don't have a business degree, but I can tell you that um, I used to have to grind um, at jobs that I hate. Yeah. And now I play guitar for money. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, and that's the truth. And like, 
it's like I think we talked about like when in business school when you first go to business school they talk about widgets like that's the first thing that they talk yeah about. it's it doesn't matter what your business is and I I always knew that in the very beginning that it doesn't matter if it's an album or a piece of pizza or um you know or a complex piece of engineering or a pen you know, it's a product is a product. You can make a product. Supply and demand. And that's that's the ABCs of business right there. You know, you have people who want the, who have, have the demand for your product. Give them the supply. And um, it works every time. And so, yeah, we have all these tools where we can funnel, right? And so both, everything that we're talking about is being what? Becoming an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. That's what we that we have to do. We have to think outside the box. Um, I was talking with my son's mother, and she, you know, she was saying like you're, you're very innovative when it comes to a problem. Like I don't believe in can't. Like can't is worse than an f bomb to me. You know, like yeah. Yeah. It, it's just. I had an English teacher one time. She had a can of soup or something, and she had an eye on it, and she put it at the at the front of the class and she's like this is my i can everyone let let's say it together i can yeah that's awesome true i mean it's it's true like you can you can do anything you want yeah and so like i've been able to take the idea of a t-shirt and turned it into becoming a music teacher um yes i also work for a school of rock in los angeles but i also work for privately um and it's, that's a non-conflict situation for me because the only students that I have, um, they're not from LA. They're from, you know, New Jersey, which is 3,000 miles away, um, even though everything's on the internet right now. But like, yeah, it's, um, and, or from touring, right? From going around and touring or, but I've even got, I've gotten a decent amount of students during this time of lockdown life um just from instagram posts for having a website for sending someone to my big cartel yeah. you know uh dean music official dot big cartel.com boom you buy lessons right there with a credit card yeah yeah you know like the importance of the importance of setting up an online store the importance of setting up a website the importance and like i how did i learn this youtube man I didn't have, I didn't go to school for business. And honestly, even if I did, if I, I graduated high school in 2002, there is not a damn thing that they would have taught me in any college about business that would be remotely relevant for 2018. Never you mind what we went through in 2020. Just the basics, really. Yeah, yeah. And the basics are, that's like, it's like no shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a little bit of common sense for sure. Yeah, um, the, the numbers thing, knowing your numbers and the evaluation of your profit and your margins and that kind of stuff, that gets a little complex. But honestly, there's nothing that like a handful of YouTube videos can't teach you or some some Ty Lopez tutorials, you know, like yeah, or just trying to talk to people who um, who are have already done it and who, who know what they're doing. And that really helps, you know, like when you want to graph your progress and everything like that and, and chart your sales, that stuff can get hard. But a lot of things dude, Squarespace, Squarespace yeah, does it for me. Yeah, it does it for you. Big cartel. 
They do it for me. They give me the graphs. They give me the charts. Anything else that I have to know in business is plus or minus. Maybe divide. Yeah, Wix does the same thing for me. There's a lot of different stuff on there. And I can actually input, if I get money from another source, I can put it in there and it just has it all there for me. Um, and it can print it out, you know, you can see all your charts and stuff, which is great. And so you used to have to do that manually and you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> so. Another thing that's cool about having your own website too, that I, um, any tour that I'm on, mm-hmm. we uh, we link it with the, what is it? Uh, bands in town yes we link it with the bands in town and so now i even though i'm just working for someone i can send someone to my website and say you could just go right to my website and you can find a link and you could purchase the tickets yeah like and that's great that's great great stuff you know what i mean and that's that's i'm not making anything but i'm driving traffic through my website to that link now I've had I've had some issues with bands in town before because um, my old band Honey uh, there are a couple of other bands named Honey and um, so they would show up in all these different places and so people would be asking me if I was playing in you know places that I wasn't playing in uh, and so sometimes the linkage is because they go off of that. So that's going to bring me to a different point of view is when we're becoming an online entrepreneur. We have to do active due diligence and research. This is something I don't think we've talked about too much. Whatever your brand is, mm-hmm. you have to do due diligence. Yeah, you have to. Um, yeah, I had um, I had the the uh, the everything trademarked and and I don't think the other bands did, but it doesn't matter because bands in town doesn't go off of that. They just go off the name. Right. So, but it, it, even if you have the, uh, even if someone were to have like me, if I already had the trademark or the whatever, the copyright, what if there's 15 bands? Mm-hmm. That's still up to me that I'm going to now have to fight them for that space, regardless of who owns it. Yeah. You're going to have to now, fight for that space and if they anyone pops up with that name down the road you have to be actively seeking that right so um i asked i asked these people um you know what what was going on on their end and they said that um banton town because it would come up as them uh instead of us or it would come up you know they're they're asking why is this different picture on our banding or whatever and i i they said we, we don't have anything to do with that it's just bands in town does it because of the name so if you if there's like somebody that's posting uh holly west is playing in uh dallas texas uh and there's another holly west that's maybe a comedian and she's on bands in town or something, it might switch to that. And it's unfortunately, it's just kind of what happens with that type of platform. But- So with all this though, we also learn how to become our own IT people, right? So I'm sure that with that, you've figured out, all right, well, when this happens, now we're all on our own DIY. We're gonna get on the horn with bands in town. We're gonna contact these people. We're gonna fix this issue. And then you have to do that because- Yeah, well, I tried and it didn't work. So I just, on my website, I just, I just put my, uh, everything that I'm doing on there. So if anybody's confused, they can go straight to my website and see all of my, uh, my calendar. Luckily, uh, there's only one Nita Strauss. Yeah. (laughs) 
the one and only Hurricane. There's a, there's a, I think a porn star. Um, I think she's now a, a romance novel writer. Um, yeah. And there's, uh, is there another one? I don't know. <laughs> with what name? Oh, with Holly West. Oh, there's a photographer oh. out here. I think she's uh, worked with Nita before. Uh, yes, there's a couple. <laughs> couple Holly West. The, the only other dean that I ever see any uh, issues with, that's why I started branding everything Dean Music Official for online stuff, um, is there's a K-pop artist named Dean, uh, but that's only helped me on Spotify. You know, um, that's a different thing, you know, but that dude's, I mean, there's a Korean guy and then there's me. I mean, <laughs> you'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know, like you'll show up to the show and you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. When I went and did my record, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to call my band Holly West because I didn't really want to. I wanted to just, you know, have a band. And so um, I asked some of my mentors, like, what I should be doing. And they said, Holly, you wrote, you wrote all these songs. Like, you need to be Holly West. And you're already known as Holly West. Like, that's what you need to be. Mm -hmm. So I had um, a friend of mine drop, you know, a little uh, logo for me. And so that's what I've been, that's what I've used. And I, I, I thought it was weird at first, but then I thought, no, you know, even if like that, this just means that I can call the shots. Like this just means that it's my band, my rules kind of thing. Not that I want to be a dictator, but it's just more the fact that it works better when you have a leader. And sometimes bands don't have a leader. And I know we've talked about this before, but, uh, but sometimes it is great to have your own brand so that you can do, you can be the, the boss, you know, the entrepreneurial boss that you're supposed to be. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. You know, especially when you're doing like a solo band and like, you know, I, it's, it's, you got to do all the work. You know, uh, until you get to the point where you can start hiring people, you have to do all the work. Um, but it's so easy, right? So what does it take to become an entrepreneur? Um, as far as from like a musician standpoint, right? Uh, the very, 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 very first thing you do as a musician, I don't care. I'm going to fight this to the ground is have professional photos. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about logos. I don't care about names. I care about if you yourself are going to make yourself the band, the, the person, a brand, you, you best have high quality photos next to that video of any kind, right? I myself have been extremely lazy with making personal video. That's because I don't want to do all the work by myself. <laughs> I know. But because I'm doing so much other stuff. If I wasn't doing... If I wasn't doing all the teaching and I wasn't doing it, it'd be easier to compartmentalize, right? That shit's hard. But you have to have good video. But I, I work for bands where I get good video. So I, I have good video, you know, out there. I could make a reel that's pretty impressive. If anyone's ever been to my Instagram page and you've seen my, uh, my lesson video, I just compiled video from tours that I was on. And there's some super awesome footage in there. I didn't have to do all the hard work. I just like put some clips together. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you do stuff like that, if you take footage from something you've been on tour, make sure you reach out to the person where you got the footage from. Like in my case, I got some of the footage from my content creators from the tour. Or if I got footage from someone from a YouTube video, I reach out to them and I ask them, hey, 
you know, this is a video of me. I'd like to just use it in a promo video. Can I use it? Um, you always want to get permission for everything. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, being a, a, a gentleman, so to speak, or like a, a nice lady, always tag the photographer anytime that you, or the videographer, always tag them, right? And as you do this stuff, you you help someone else. If you put up an awesome photo and someone's like, hey, man, that's an awesome photo, be like, hey, you know what? Your band would do awesome with this photographer. Work that out because you know what? That's going to get you a better deal so you can get more better photos later down the road. Same thing with the videos. Yeah, absolutely. Being courteous, you know? um, it's a profession that's in the arts just like we are, so you have to be very courteous with it. Yeah. Hey, man, I bought your shirt. It feels so good, man. Where did you get these shirts made? Hey, man, I had them made by blah, 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 right? Um, in my case, I get all of my T-shirts made by uh, Willie B, the guitarist of The Independence. I worked for him, filled in on bass. I've talked about it on the podcast. I filled in on bass for one tour. Ever since that tour, every piece of merch that I've had made has been made by Willie B from the independence um i give back you know like he he makes all of their stuff he does great screen printing work um all of the dean shirts that i did like the yeah. become three shirts that i did all these pre-sales last year after the need strauss tour that was that was it and so you have to do that and you start slowly building yeah. up building up yeah, that's kind of um, another point i wanted to make is like as you're an entrepreneur and as you're a sole proprietor of your own business you have to start hiring people to work with you, right? So if you are, uh, and you have to make your little circle, you know, grow and your little networking grow. And that's how you become a business because every business has um, vendors and they have people that they go and buy stuff from. And they have, uh, you know, they have a deal with that vendor because they're, it's their friend or whatever. And a lot of small businesses start out with their friends, you know? All, all everything I do is with my friends, all of my graphic designers, all of my photographers, all of my merch suppliers. They're they're all my friends, right? They're all people that I've worked with or have a rapport with or saw they that they did something. And like um, in case of uh, my last photo shoot that I did uh, that we use for this promo and everything, that's uh, Estelle Massery. She was a photographer who happens to be friends with Nita. I didn't even know she was friends with Nita. I just saw the photos that came from the show and I was like, all right, so, so yeah. she knows. She knows yeah. what's up, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you can find a really good photographer at a rock show. Um, that's, I'll tell you, that's how I know a good photographer because a rock <laughs> show, for me, yeah. I don't stand still. So you know what the most common thing I hear from photographers is? Man, I had a really hard time getting photos of you. I had a really hard time getting a clear photo of you. So when I see someone and every single photo is crystal clear, I'm like, you know, you know what's up. Because it's all about timing, right? I'm not moving a, a thousand percent, but it's about seeing the what's happening and taking that shot and that having that timing as a photographer i think it's just as important as the timing of a drummer Absolutely. Yeah. In, in a live show um, right there's a there's a book called the power of who and it's kind of about the the fact that you probably know everyone that you need to know right now to get to where you want to go so, so i don't draw right like i doodle 
But my logos, um, the minor thing, I reached out to a tattoo artist that I met on tour um, from the tattoo station. I got this tattoo because of them. I got this tattoo because of them. I got the minor because of them. Um, these guys, they're just like our friends from the road. So I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, can you draw me this design? And I I wrote out what I wanted, right? Yeah, my first my first logo was done by a photographer that I really uh, liked all his work and he was a digital, uh, you know, he designed stuff. And so he did that. And then my second one was from a guy that um, does the same thing. And then the third one, uh, or I mean, I, I keep that one actually, but uh, like DGC is done uh, by Fred and we have this company where he does all of the artwork and I do all the business. Um, so yeah, you, you just start knowing people that can do this kind of thing. And the good thing is there's apps where you can do it yourself, but reach out to people who do it professionally so that you can get exactly what you want. That's what I, that's what I would do. Um, but yeah, you pretty much know everybody that, that you need to know to get things done. And listen, and you're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, my biggest mistake is so like I asked this tattoo artist to draw my first design, right? And so he drew it. So naturally it was a white background with black imagery, uh, with black design. When I sent the logo over to the t-shirt company, I didn't specify, hey man, black shirt, white ink, right? Um, it wasn't a website, it was like an email. And so my first batch of everything came with white shirts i opened up the box and i was like kind of bummed at first but then i just owned it because you know what was really cool is i was the only person at so many shows that was selling a shirt that wasn't black that's true <laughs> and so i didn't get a bunch of sales because it wasn't black but what I did get was sales by the people who didn't want to buy a black shirt. Yeah. And so that's a great lesson to learn because it doesn't matter if you're, if you're getting from the whole pot, right? All that matters is that you're filling a hole. Mm -hmm. Guys, this is, the th this is like the key right here. Whatever you do, you're filling a hole, yeah. right? When I teach, I'm filling the void of the lack of education towards a musical art. When I sell you a shirt, I'm filling the hole. If it's a white shirt, I'm filling the hole of being the only person not selling a black shirt. You know how many gray shirts I sell because it's not a black shirt, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, we have we have gray, white, and black in Sephirola. Um, I, I have white and black on my websites, but I think most people get the black ones. Um, oh, I do have actually no in my in my um, dat base uh, design. I have all type all different colors. I have blue, pink. Um, we sell red sometimes, uh, but that's all on a website where we don't have to have inventory. But so like, and when you need someone, you know how I got a couple people. Like, I don't want to sound too Italian right here, but I got a guy for almost everything. I, you know, I'm, uh, I got, I got my Sicilian one ready. Yeah. It's ready. This whole necklace, it's, it's came from Italy. This necklace came from Italy over the boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, no, but, um, when I needed a, a graphic designer, I posted on Facebook. When I needed a photographer, I posted on Facebook. When I needed, 
you know, uh, leads on someone to maybe track base, you know, post it on Facebook. If you, you know, when I need, I needed an accountant. I got this awesome accountant that helps me with all my stuff. Yeah. And uh, I posted on Facebook. Yeah. I and someone tagged someone. You know, that's the thing is you're not the only person who's trying to make something out of themselves. You know who else is? The whole internet. Yeah, the whole internet's out there. They're all their own little entrepreneurs now. And the good thing is that the internet's giving us um, a space to do that. And it's actually doable. You just have to you just have to be ahead of the game and you have to educate yourself on stuff. Um, and I don't know if it was uh, Joe Garrard or um, in in his book, uh, How to Sell Anything to Anyone. I think it was. I think he said there you when people if you think about like people going to a funeral, um, how many people usually show up? Like 250 usually? Yeah, like a big, a nice size funeral. Um, is it, most people know about 250 people. That's all they really know, you know, to where you can reach out to people and you can start networking yourself. And so if you just start with those core people, and I, I'm sure most people have more than 250 on their, on their socials combined. Um, and you start looking for the people who are in your tiny, tiny network, and then you go out a little bit more and out a little bit more. And you're going to find people who know somebody. Oh, this person knows somebody. You might even call your aunt that you haven't talked to in five years. And her, her sister, or her, uh, her neighbor is like an engineer, and he's like one of the best engineers on the planet. You never know. So there was this theory. They used to be called the six degrees of separation. But it has now been interned the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and that means that yeah. out of any other five people, you know someone, out of everyone you know, you know someone who knows 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 Kevin Bacon. And that's the truth. So like, oh, you only, you don't even have to know the person, right? All you have to do is know someone who knows someone. Yeah. And when you take that into account, yeah. it's not that hard, mm -hmm. right? And what you do is, yeah, you find that person. And maybe the first person you find, I've dealt with tons of graphic designers. Yeah. O-M-G. <laughs> Bruh. I've dealt with so many. I've had fights. I've had arguments via email over the phone, you know, not getting what you want. Um, it is what it is, you know, like there's been issues. Um, I've had some graphic designers that I worked with on some projects who were amazing. And then on the next project sucked, <laughs> you know, and it's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so you have to find someone else. Yeah, but also getting people to buy your stuff and to um, to you know really engage in what you have. Um, I learned a lot from Mary Kay Ash, who you know Mary Kay with the makeup stuff, right? Um, she was the businesswoman, and she was you know super super Christian. I just say that because she was just really on point with just being honest and being upfront with people. And a couple of things that she taught or she teaches in her books is you're not in charge of people's pocketbooks. And don't ever be afraid to take a no. 
And if you have those two things in the back of your mind, you're, you won't be fearful of trying to get your music out there, trying to get people to come and take lessons from you or um, getting your website out there and trying to get people to come, come to the website. Because most people fear the no and they fear the, oh, well, they don't have enough money. But if you get over those hurdles, because you aren't, do I know how much money you have? I don't know how much money you have. Do I know how much money that you're going to spend on something? I have no clue. So I'm not in charge of your, your pocketbook. But if I put something out there that you like, you're probably going to buy it. So, Yeah, <clears throat> as a teacher, right? <clears throat> that's one of those things that becomes harder. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get real with everyone right now. Um, being a, a music teacher is an expensive luxury. Um, it is. It's not a cheap thing, right? This, it's not uh, when you're when you're when you're making like a going teacher rate. It's not exactly um, on on a normal budget. You know, it's expensive. It's a car payment per month or more, depending on your car. Um, and it just that takes a lot. And I have to I have to break that at times. You know, to give back um, and give it where it gives. I. You know, and that's hard. Like I do, I do give free lessons to people, but I don't give out a lot of them. And I have to know when to say I can't give any for free or whatever, because I have to keep the value for the people who are affording it. And that sucks when you can't provide your service to everybody all the time, but you have to just stick to your market, right? If you know, um, if you nail your your target market a little bit more, you can afford to reach into the market that can't afford so much. That's a really, really good um, keyword that you just pulled up. Your target market. When you, good job. When you are looking for people to buy anything, you have to make sure you know exactly who you're going for. So your target person needs to be down to the T. Okay. So my, my target person needs to be into rock and roll. They need, need to be into blues. They need to be into chick singers and they need to be into, um, three pieces. That's what I, my target market is for, for my music. So it's funny. And if you ask me my target market, I wouldn't mention who I think my target market is for my music. I would probably talk about my target market, a target market for teaching. Yeah, because I have a different target market for teaching. Right. I'm just I was just pointing out like if in my forefront, in my forethought, you know, it's it's about like the the clientele for teaching. Even though I'm a musician, um, I even honestly, I, I don't even think about like who's gonna listen uh to all this stuff, at least not not right now, because I'm not in like an album cycle, album promotional thing. And when I will be, I will think about that because I can't think that my target market who's paying for this luxury lesson, um, I call it a luxury because it's so expensive. It's it is a luxury. Well, no, it's a luxury. It, it, it is. It's, you know, I, I. You can go online and you can learn all of this stuff or you can get a teacher who could really, really show you the shortcuts, the ins and outs. And then that's when, you know, the $300 they spend or $400 I spend with you every month is worth it. Yeah, dude, it's it is worth it too, you know. Like it, I swear, if I would have had someone like me, 
tell me all the things that I tell everyone. And I love that you say it like that too, because that's exactly what you need to have as a mindset as an instructor. Yeah, if I would have had someone like me to tell me all the things that I was doing wrong, I would have saved easy over a decade before I got to the point where I got, you know, but because I would have continued at age 13. Well, so here's the thing. So I have like these lists of guidelines that I focus on, Mm -hmm. not just in my lessons, but also in business. Mm -hmm. And, and I didn't just write them just for my students. I also write them for me. And I call them, oddly enough, the Dean's List. Right. Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. And one of my favorite ones is something that you really have to focus on whenever you're approaching anything new. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. And that's you just the truth. No, no, and you don't even know you don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's an ever learning process and as you become an entrepreneur and as you find your widget and as you find your target market and as you develop your website or your traffic whether it be through ads or organic whatever it is you then have to do it all over again and that's the thing and like and and you can't brand you can't build a brand extension too far like you don't want to have too many products right off the bat right unless until you get some experience you know you want to you want to give yourself i started off with one t-shirt now i have 15 products i got guitar pickups i got t-shirts i got cds i got lessons uh, i sell guitar picks eight by tens all that stuff right it's actually, it's actually really easy to go online and go to like godaddy or squarespace and just do a single page website that has one link to a t-shirt that you can outsource Dropbox. Or bigcartel.com. Cartel. You, you can list up to five products for free. Mm-hmm. Bigcartel.com. I go to dmusicofficial.bigcartel.com. But do, um, they, do they drop ship as well or no? Uh, no, that's that's just that's just me. That's yeah, that's just I put up a product of it's like a just a storefront. Okay. Yeah. Um, um but it's cool because it's not like just where, oh, I can only accept Venmo or PayPal. Yeah, um, with a thing like bigcartel.com, I also have Stripe mm-hmm. set up so I can accept um, yeah. credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. someone can buy someone could buy lessons from me yeah. with a credit card, yeah. which I couldn't do normally. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, you pay your percentage, but I mean, yeah, what, what the fuck? Physical or digital product. Um, yeah, it's probably really great for that. When I sell a digital product through Big Cartel, I'm sure there's a way where I could have it automated, but um, yeah. I just then send them an email. I don't have everything set up uh, as, to be all maintenance free. That's that's part of the yeah. thing where now that I, I have all this, now I need to get to where you're at, where... <laughs> A lot yeah. less of what I have is me yeah. physically doing it. You would find a dropship company that you could just link on Big Cartel, because you could do the same thing on uh, on the other websites. It's the same thing. Yeah, so I, I and I, I'm a little old school. Like I I have all these tube amps behind me. 
you know, like I've got I've got merch too, but I don't I don't ever push it because I don't need to. I have um, I have something that you know. I mean, I do my hot sauce. I sell from here, so I have to actually go physically put that in the mailbox. Um, but everything else, uh, all the t-shirts, everything is, is drop shipping, which is the kind of the new way. Otherwise we would have, you know, a hundred t-shirts in here and it would just, it would be chaotic. Yeah, dude, trust me. I know I have, I have, you know, and drop shipping is the cheaper alternative. And it's honestly, it's not bad as long as you link up with a good company that has a good quality product, because listen, these companies, they want, they don't want to have a crap product to begin with. You know what I mean? No one wants to have a bad product because everyone wants future business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Every, everything that I've gotten from um, our suppliers has been really good. Like these beanies are awesome. Um, the shirts are really soft. Uh, my, my hoodie, like everything printed is, I mean, it looks great, you know? So um, I don't, I look at that chick. Problem with it. Hmm? I said, look at that chick. I, I love that design. It's me. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're actually on Dead Groove. Uh, we just released a bunch of um, uh, Zappa stuff, and then next week we're releasing a bunch of uh, new leggings. Um, so we're just like every week we're trying to put a new collection together and, and blast it. Um, so you know what it sounds like. Kind of comes in, you know, you start getting enough subscribers to your website and you start funneling them into like collections of stuff and, and things that you're you're really putting a lot of effort into good photographer good graphic designer or graphic artist those are like your two first people that you need right if you don't have one just post on facebook you know when you see when you you see something you like by someone Probably don't choose Metallica, right? Probably choose a, a, a more local band. Um, but it depends on your budget, man. If if you got if you got the cash, yeah, then look up the credits of the Metallica album, and yeah, hire that guy. Um, if you don't, look up someone else. You know, you you could find anyone online. If there's not everybody likes only like upper echelon bands especially in the rock world right we all look up ha hashtags of like your city photographers say like if you're in la as a la photographer or um la uh band photography and somebody somewhere is gonna have a good picture with that hashtag and then you can look into more photographers and then you know message them just shoot them a message and i guarantee you they'll they'll want to work with you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everyone's always looking for work and, and don't be shy to throw a DM out there. You know what I mean? Like, as long as it's an appropriate message, um, you know, honestly, I have gotten sponsorships by DMing a company on Instagram. Yeah. yeah that's okay. So like, I've gotten, you know, I got photographers by DMing someone on Instagram. Or, you know, I got a graphic designer by making a post on Facebook, like. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking uh, when I was talking before about people know like 250 people, this, these books that I read are probably written before too much internet. Um, so now we've actually, you know, since the internet's come into play, you, you have it's even easier. Anybody. <laughs> and, and worst case, dude, Google, right? Graphic best graphic designer for a solo artist look him up hit him up get deets you know like yeah 
Yeah, or vect- look at vector. Photographer, you know, photographer in New York City. Yeah. Hit him up. It, it, you know, like uh, it, photos are photos are photos are photos. Even the, the most exp- – go ahead. Well, after you get, you know, a photographer and you get, um, you know, uh, your logo done, um, then find find a website. Uh, find find a, a website hosting platform that is easy to use that you can start building off of. And listen. I, I love Wix. Did she she uses Wix? I use Squarespace. That's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Start with either one of those for real. It's so easy. This this stuff is drag and drop. And they have now when you sign up, it's like okay, you have seven steps to complete for your website, and you go in there and you start messing around with it, and you'll find out it's a lot easier. Um, they've they've these companies have taken steps to make it easy for the 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 customer because they want you to have a website. They want everyone to have their own website. So and you listen, and it's going to evolve over time. So like part of me, um, I at one point, I I wanted to have the moniker for Dean Seven String, right? I just wanted that, and I had it on. I think I had it on like sevenstring.org or something, or I had like, I don't know, I had it on somewhere, but I couldn't get it everywhere. So I bought like these two eight string guitars. So then I made my moniker Dean H string across all the internets, including my.com. Well, as time went on, I played the eight string a whole lot less than I really thought I was gonna, because I don't know, I just like the seven string better. And even the six string, you know, it's just a thing. I could go into it for 10 hours, you know, on why I love it. Plus don't. Um, and so I had to think about something. So even my website, it was designed under Dean H string and it linked to my Instagram, which was Dean H string. And I bought Dean H string off of GoDaddy, built that square space, linked everything up, had it, ran it like that for a little while. Right. So, and even my, my big cartel was Dean H string dot big cartel.com as time went on. And I wanted to change and rebrand, right. I'm selling all this stuff. It's all the same pages. Well, eventually I bought, a different website. I bought deanmusicofficial.com. And then I changed my URLs to deanmusicofficial.bigcartel. And then I changed my Instagram, all the same pages. My Dean H string page on Instagram is my Dean Music Official page. But when I changed my name, I didn't want to lose that. I wanted to be able to have a transition. Maybe there was promo material I had out there that had Dean H string on it, right? So what I did was, is after I changed the name, I then created a new page with the original name. So that way I still own Dean H string on um, Instagram plus Dean Music Official. Same thing with the .com for a while, you know? And I just, you can set it up where, you know, your main site is deanmusicofficial.com. But if they enter in deanhstring.com, it just funnels you to Dean Music Official. And I did that. And like, and if I ever change my brand again, I'll do the same thing. I'll slowly change the URLs and have, keep that other old URL at funnel everything to this new one. And it is what it is. You know, that way you keep your numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to, one of your most important things is uh, the people that, that, want you to have their contact information so they can keep up with you that's like your gold that's that's your bread and butter um you need to have a mailing list so a website is the best place to have a mailing list Um, make sure you have a mailing list at your at your shows i don't care if you're a punk rock band if you have a punk rock band you probably have some t-shirts tell people to sign up on your on your mailing list 
Because guess what? Next time you put out your record, you're going to want people's mailing address or their email address to t let them know that you put out a record. Because you're not going to just put it on Instagram or Facebook. They'll never see it. <laughs> right. They might see it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, keep keep your mailing list and keep, keep you know, give it, or sending it to people as much as you can. Once a week is a great idea. Uh, once a month is fine. Twice a month, fine. And it doesn't matter what your products are, you know. Um, our guest this week is Mike Gallo from Agnostic Front, and he does graffiti art. Right. And it, he does like some pop art stuff and he's so good at it, man. You know, like it, it, graffiti is anything from drawing with markers to using spray paint on simple stuff and like coming up with like one word. Right. Mm -hmm. Coming up with your your tag, your 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 line. And and that's what he does. And through the powers of the Internet, you know, through an Instagram page, through a website, um, he's able to sell his artwork, which, you know, you would think about it. It's graffiti. He's a he's a hardcore punk guy and he shreds the base night after night with Agnostic Front for 20 years now. Right. And we're not touring. So what is he doing? He he built up this this thing that he's been kind of working on. You know, he started when I was with him on tour, he was handing out stickers and it was sending people to websites and the sticker had one of his pieces of artwork on it. And then you go to the, you take that sticker, you put it up somewhere, but you go to the website and you buy this artwork and then you get more stickers and then you put them up somewhere else. And then someone else finds That's it. Funnel system. That's yeah. And it's punk rock, right? So what is it? It's, it's those little stickers, your business card, it's getting people there. And you know, if you give it to a hundred people, I guarantee 20 of them are going to want to figure out what's going on. Dude, come up with the cool sticker. Stickers are cheap enough. We're talking about all this stuff that takes money. Now, if you take Holly's Avenue and you do drop shipping, right? You're still going to have the uh, overhead of things like a graphic designer and, and stuff like that, but you won't have to worry about the thousands of dollars it costs to put stock in. Um, you're someone like Mike, you, um, your overhead is spray paint and canvas. And unfortunately he can't drop ship that he has to create that. Right. Um, and that's just the way to, depending on your business, it doesn't really matter what it is. You know, it's, it's your art, you're creating it. Um, and then you're selling you know, it. If he wanted to do prints, he could drop ship that easy. Yeah. Heck yeah, he could. And that's he, he probably should. Yeah. With Dead Groove, we have posters and we have postcards that if somebody just wanted the print of whatever uh, we've done, they can order that. We have uh, Bob Marley and uh, Frank Zappa on the wall right now because it's... And, and that's great. I didn't even think about that. That's such an awesome idea that, yeah, he can make his artwork. He could sell his artwork for, you know, the price that it goes for, but you could sell the prints for, you know, way less. And... You know, it doesn't matter. We're all artists, right? It doesn't matter if it's a T-shirt or if it's a painting or if it's a poem or if it's handwritten lyrics or if it's the album on iTunes or if it's hitting the like and subscribe button down below and subscribing to this or sharing something on Facebook. It doesn't matter. This is our product, right? Yeah. This is a product that you and I create that has no monetary gain for us. We are doing this for the pure love of what we do and expanding that knowledge out there to other people. Yeah. So that way maybe they can help someone else. Yeah, like with DGC, I started it with, with uh, my, my boyfriend, Fred. And so he's the artist and I'm the person that does all of the designing of the website and make sure everything goes good with the customers. 
Um, but we did that because we both wanted to get um, not only our art there out there, but we wanted to work with other other artists with our business. We wanted to grow as a business. And the cool thing is that we took, um, you know, my design that he did for me with uh, with my Holly West design, um, and then we turned it into the Dead Groove design. So anybody that sees either design, or they're gonna know this is me. This is my this is my brand. Um, right. Sure. And so it's it's important. I mean, to like we're saying, networking with people, working with people, but work with other companies or start other companies with people. Um, you know, we started this together so that we could eventually, you know, get people to sign up for, um, you know, learning about learning more about face uh, and, and just get general. Our goal, yeah, our goal is education. And like, and, and you know what? And just like I was saying before, um, probably 1% of all the people that we reach. I mean, it, when, when you get to the big numbers, 1% is more than you can handle sometimes, right? But if 1% of these people... Um, not if, but like 1% of everybody who listens is going to further their education on base. Um, hopefully with either myself or Holly or any of our constituents that we work with. Right. Um, but the goal is, is that yeah, 1% of everything that you do is actually going to come back to you um, in a positive manner. If you do, or if you're doing online promoting, Listen, all of your impressions, you, you'll be lucky if 1% of that comes back. Usually you have to have like, to get a noticeable 1%, you'll be like, oh, I got nothing back. Uh, it's because you haven't hit it, the mark yet. You still have to keep promoting, keep promoting, keep promoting, because what you think is 1% is not one out of 100. It's more like one out of a billion, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's good to have many uh, things in the pot you know you want to have many things going on so people have access to you know enough things it's not just like they can only go buy your record they can only go buy your um your one song that you put out you're not going to make enough money off of that one song you have to continuously build a brand around yourself right and like and we have to be original because listen it has to come from the inside yeah and if if you're one of those people who can pump out songs and you could pump out singles like that, that's awesome. Um, but odds are you're going to pump out a song that's going to have a t-shirt. that's going to have a physical CD. That's going to have a music video. That's going to have a lyric book. That's going to have a tab. That's going to have an instructional video. Like that's really the way to do it. That's going to have a beanie you know, that's going to have a hoodie. Yeah. Right. And th that that's how you do that. It used to be it used yeah. to be you would do all that stuff per album. Yeah. Right now, the world has changed to singles. Yeah. So exactly. Uh, I definitely see some people on online that I don't really I don't know them. I don't know their, don't know their music, but I follow them. Um, just because they're a musician and that's exactly what i see because they are doing it you know they're, they're doing a lot of a lot of stuff um they've got their you know the followers up their their followers are engaged um and that's what they're doing they're doing like maybe once every other month they're doing a single and then they're just riding that out for a month or two yeah and and that's the way you do it and so um but let's take the time now to get over to my buddy mike gallo who i actually did a two hour interview, just me and him shooting the shit. And I have um, to edit all this, by the way. 
Yeah, and and uh, poor Holly, poor Holly has to edit out just these uh, three measly questions that I did ask for the podcast. But um, no, like I was on tour with Mike. Um, I've kind of said this story before, and this is another thing I want to try to inspire you guys with is um, I said yes to the gig. That that was a big thing. I said yes to the gig when I was on tour with Nita and had this job opportunity that is once in a lifetime thing. And like, if you say no, you're not getting another one. You say yes, you might get another one. You might not, but you, whatever. This is the job. So I said yes to this job. I worked for Static X, busted my ass. Intern, because of that, got hired by Prong to go on tour with Agnostic Front. Agnostic Front is a band that I myself, when I was 15 years old, remember screaming, gotta go from the crowd while these giant six foot four, you know, huge 300 pound guys were jumping off the stage and crowd surfing too. I was 15, like, uh, like getting ready, feeling I was going to be crushed. And then all these years later, now I'm on tour with these guys. And, you know, it, it wasn't just, you know, Roger from Agnostic Front, it was, it was Roger. You know, it, it wasn't just Pokey from Agnostic Front, it was Pokey. It wasn't just Craig from Agnostic Front, it was Craig. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just Vinny Stigma from Agnostic Front. It was, hey, Vinny, you know? Um, and it wasn't just Mike Gallo from Agnostic Front, it was Mike. And that was really cool, man. And that was because I said yes to the gig. And I'll tell you, I missed this dude. That's why we had a two-hour conversation. We met, you know, as musicians, we almost don't know what to do, you know, without being on the road and stuff. But so I got to catch up with Mike. Um, remember, for the full two-hour interview, uh, you go to my Patreon.com/slash Dean Music Official, and you can see the whole thing, all the all the interviews I do here um, on the podcast. Uh, I do the full extended interview unedited you get to see everything you get to see our smack talk at the beginning smack talk at the end maybe someone's hitting a beer maybe someone's hitting a bowl i don't know you know it's kind of informal and you get to see it all so here is my uh three questions with mike gallo from agnostic front take it away mike gallo bass player from agnostic front what's up um so man we were on tour in 2019 together, had so many awesome times on the road. Um, I thank you so much for doing this. Um, man, you have been a part of Agnostic Front for uh, upcoming on 20 years now, right? Yeah, 20 years. Yeah, I think it like I think the first tour I did with them was, um, I think I kind of joined the band around late February and then like. Mid March, we went on the road. Yeah, it was like twenty. Yeah, it was. I, I you know, at, at the time it was insane because I was just like this young kid. I think I was like twenty six years old, and I was just like, "Holy shit, I'm in an Aussie front," you know. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here, you know. It's like wild, you know. And all my friends that got me into the music, you know, been listening to the music for many years before I actually got into it and then they got me into it and um they were a little older than me and um you know they're like holy shit <laughs> you're an agnostic front you know dude you know i what, i've you know I've, what that means i'm like yeah i don't know the band that i love we love you know? i don't know it's crazy 
Dude, all these years later, I I felt the same thing being on tour with you guys in Prong. And like I was like texting my roommate who brought me to see Agnostic Front in like 99 or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's it's iconic. You know, Agnostic Front uh, is is our however you would say that um, like an iconic staple to the hardcore and punk rock scene. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, those shows true. are hardcore. <laughs> they were definitely the pioneers of that realm of that early 80s. You know, like, um, once they dropped Victim in Pain, like, they really kind of put a, a stamp on New York hardcore. And uh, they've really, I mean, you know, I mean, not because I'm in the band, but just like, and even even if I wasn't, you know, as a spectator, as a fan, um, you know, they're still doing it, you know, and they're still just doing what they love. And, uh, you know, I'm part of it and trying to just help, um, help them keep the legacy alive is basically all I'm really doing. So you like know, on, on those shows, you guys had people all over the stage, right? There was like some shows, there was like mountains of dudes like crowded all around the stage you know, tons of people moshing all over the uh, all over the floor, beer flying everywhere. Right. So like when you're on tour in 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 20 years, what kind of gear do you like try to use so that way you can battle those kinds of conditions, conditions that people don't even understand? Like you really don't understand what all that beer and sweat and testosterone does to like amplifiers. <laughs> so I try to keep, you know, everything as, as far back as possible. Um, two things that I use that I need that's like I can't play without. Um, but I had to actually ask Craig because he's the gear guy, you know? Right. So I was just like, you know, because I, so we, um, I remember he, um, when he not when he joined the band, I don't know, a year or so later, maybe two years, whatever. Uh, he's like, "Yo, I had this wireless pedal. It's great." And he's just like, um, "It's a tuner. You hit the pedal, and it shuts everything off, and then you can tune right there." And he's like, "It's great. It's really affordable." And um, I was like, "Ah, that sounds like That's a good the idea." Shore, the Shore Wireless, right? Yeah, the Shore. Yeah, the Shore. It's like, it's amazing. It's like two pedals in one. It's a tuner, wireless, and like you hit the button, it shuts it all off. Like, it's like, boom. It's it's amazing. It's like, it's yep. really been, it's really helped, you know, because like, I mean, throughout the years, like, I've had chords pulling down, you know I mean? You know how it is on stage. It's just crazy. It's insane. Yeah. You know, then you get the, and then you get the drunk friend from behind the stage who runs who head. runs up to sing gang vocals, trips over your cord, pulls it out. Yeah, it's always that idiot. Uh, you, know, so <laughs> you know, it's true. So you know. So you found uh, using a wireless really like helps. It's like your buddy from the neighborhood who doesn't know any better, and it's like he doesn't know. He's hanging out. He's a dope in the corner, tripped <laughs> over the cord, whatever, you know. But I'll, you know, that's but the wireless. Is and then two out, two so. other dopes try and come and and plug it in and don't know what what the hole. They're like, 
Yeah. Well, you're like, God. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, that goes. Well, yeah, so th- that eliminates that, you know. The wireless really helps, you know. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty affordable these days, you know. Even, I mean, you know, I, I think it's the whole unit costs like fucking five, six hundred bucks. It's nothing, you know what I mean? To really... Right. Step up your game, you know what I mean? If you yeah, five play. five hundred bucks for like a wireless is that's pretty much where you want to be, and it's that's fine. Cool. It's, it's not a lot of money. It's a fucking good investment. Nita uses that same wireless in stadiums. Yeah. I think you yeah. know, like I played stadiums with them, and I've never had a problem. The only, I think, great. the only gig she said she had an issue with where it wasn't strong enough was maybe something like WrestleMania. Uh, like oh, I, really? I could be half wrong on that, but I, I'm pretty sure like that might be the only, because that's like really far. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's like it's that that walkout. Um, and she. And the, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll ever get to do a walkout like that. So, dude, but, like, yeah. could you imagine like an agnostic front show and like just pictures of your fans? <laughs> like it, like the Iron Maiden stage or anything like. Pulls out, you can have your own like walkway. Like, <laughs> that's insane. It'll never happen. It'll no, never huh? Happen to me. I mean, holy shit. That, I, I don't think it'll well, ever dude, happen. almost, almost. You got so you just one of your last shows, like before all this craziness, was you guys played for the misfits. Like, I was trying, dude, yeah. I. Tried- we talk all you guys. Cool. I was like, "Yo, you guys know you need like a guitar tech on that show, right?" Like, <laughs> like, come on! But you guys just played Madison Square Garden, like. No, we didn't play Madison Square Garden. We played oh. the one in Philly. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Philly, right? Oh, yeah. Whatever. That's a big show. Yeah, it was huge. Show. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely a stadium show. They don't. They don't have. They don't have their own walkways and stuff. But the were, were the giant pumpkins on the stage. It was cool. I mean, to be honest with you, it was a really great show for us. Um, anytime we ever try to do something like that, something always goes wrong. But we just, like, you know, um, the, we played, it was them and the Dropkicks. And when the Dropkicks, like, their, their crew, they took care of us. You know what I mean? We did sound check with them. They, um, they're, they're the best. You know, like, they really, um, they stepped it up. And um, we sounded great out there. Everyone loved it. You know, you, it went well for us. It was like, Everybody was just like, you know what? Like, they enjoyed it. You know what I mean? It was like a really perfect opening act for them. A little Dude, hardcore, got, a little punk, a little, you know, like, you know what we do, you know? They and did pretty good with that. If, if you look at all the opening lineups of all those Misfits shows, they did it right. They, I think, like, in a lot of those shows, they put a lot of the right bands on. You know what I mean? They they did the right thing, got, I think, with that. They did Rancid. They did... Um, Chromags. Yeah, they, they did a lot. Yeah, Chromags. They did Murphy's Law. They did, you know, they actually, it was cool what they did because, and I feel they they had to do that. You know what I mean? Knowing where they came from. And they did. They did the right thing. It was really cool, respectful. They gave, like, the underground, like, the, the bands that they actually grew up with and suicidal, um, you know, all these bands, they put them on and, um, it was pretty cool. It was a great thing. You know, you got to respect the Misfits, you know. It was really, uh, it was awesome. It was really, really fucking cool. I mean, you know, I, I mean, we've been, I've been on tour with Jerry and 
Jerry's have always been great. You know, I never met Glenn uh, or any of the other guys. But um, when I was Jerry- checking for prong after that tour with you guys um, in L.A., uh, that was the very first time that I was even in the same vicinity as Glenn Danzig. And it was so crazy. Like I was sitting there working on Tommy's guitars and I like look over my shoulder and it was like, he was just like sitting at like the booth, just like this. And I was just like, what? yeah, where, where the fuck is my life right now? It was at the <laughs> Roxy. That was at the Roxy. Oh yeah. The Roxy. Yeah. 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 That was a fun night. But yeah. I, I saw the Misfits. Um, nights like that. Nights like that make me miss what we do. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. Nights like that. I mean, uh, well, it's the, the memories. Road, it's the memories, like, right? It's the moments. It's the the yeah. spike, the the endorphins, the the love, yeah. the the unity. Yeah. yeah, it's great. You know, and um, you know, I'm just thinking back on that night. It was a really fun night. Like I miss nights like that. You know, I, I really, it, it it's it's tough to just think that like, wow, are we gonna ever be able to like experience that again? You know, like we worked so hard all our lives and sacrificed so much. You know, where like other people just fucking lived their day to day life, worked and had their family and like. People like, you know, people like us, like we sacrificed a lot, you know, and to do and to give to people. I mean, you know, it's a purpose, you know what I mean? Like fucking, you know, it's like so many people come up to us and be like, yo, this song you wrote, you know, help me get through another day. Or, you know what I mean? Like people need this in their life. You know what I mean? Like it's nobody can just go to work, you know, come home to their family every day and not be able to go out and have some sort of an outlet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. music is the ultimate outlet of, of everything. You know, music is, you know what I mean? Like who the fuck doesn't like music? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who, like, you know, even your average fucking Joe, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. And, and whether you know, who doesn't notice like, it or have not, have you ever met anyone in your life that actually doesn't like music? There's been people that have been that have tried to say stuff like that, but they still they don't realize that there's always some form of music, even if they like in the soundtrack of their life. Yeah, while they're yeah. doing something somewhere, they watch a TV show, they play a video game. I don't care what it is. They're you full of shit. They're soulless. How could you not like music? You know what I mean? Like fucking like really like you know? I mean, it, even like even you see like how it helps like um children you know what i mean as young little babies you just seen them dance to the groove and the it's it's you know music is life music is you know music is everything you know what i mean like it all has to come I agree. back a lot of music has to come back you know we are or we will just fucking will crumble you know it's I, I it's crazy, right? It's who who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought that something like this would uh would change how we have to approach? So we got a little sidetracked there, but so you go in uh into a tuner. I'm uh, sorry, the the into the shore wireless, right? And then what do you go into after the wireless? Sand sand pedal. Right. And now do you 21 
Sanzan pedal is the I can't play without it. Cannot play without it. Um, what's great about it, it, it just gives it that bite, that tone, that grittiness that covers up my horrible bass playing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Stop it. But, um, you know, I just, um, it's just, it just gives it that overdrive, that, um, you know, that, that hardcore tone, you know, that like, um, I think Craig Satari is one of the first guys who started using it from Sick of It All. Um, it was uh, it was made by um, buddy of mine who plays in Antidote. And I'm out of my mind. I can't remember his name. Holy shit. I'm like... <laughs> but um, it's the greatest pedal ever. Yeah, um, I, I when remember. When it breaks on me on tour... I'm like I'm dead in the water. That's why I always have to have a backup. It's and, and they're not they don't break the bank either. No, no, they're they're, they're expensive. But I I'm, I'm endorsed by them like cuz I've been using them for years and they hooked me up, but um it's just, you know, it's 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 my go-to. I can't play without it. It's just it just gives it that fucking drive, that tone I need. To hear to play, you know, like and now, off, I'm dead. And, <laughs> dead. and what what does that go out into? Uh, I usually play uh, at home. Um, I pay. I play the uh, the poor man's Ampeg, which is the GK seven hundred RB. Um, it's good head. It's decent. Like we, I I, I love those. I love on. those GK heads. I don't. Great, I don't. Great head. The 800 yeah, was the original one I had that I loved. I wish I would have never got rid of. Oh, I hate getting, I hate that I got rid of that one. But I, you know, I then I got bought Ampeg. It was so heavy to carry around. I blew it out, and then I just wound up getting something smaller. The GK was great. You know what I mean? Um, it's a great, it's a great head, especially with the Sanzan and a fucking P bass. I don't give a fuck what band you play in. You and then, get the tone you need out of that. And, and then, uh, amazing. And, and then that goes, that goes to an eight by ten, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, I've even, you know what? To tell you the truth, like on the prom tour on the West Coast, I was using Jason's stuff, and he was going through all the orange stuff. But I, I think I used my head. Uh, yeah, that was that was out. that was Tommy's stuff. Oh, Tommy's stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I think it's both theirs or whatever. But it yeah. sounded amazing. And I was actually, you know, I'm going to get the orange thing. And I was going to do it. Uh, I just kind of got caught up. I never actually wound up. Like, they they told me, you know, they hooked me up. I just, I think they didn't hook me up as good as I thought they were going to hook me up. And I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to like pay for most of it. It was kind of like a nice little discount, which is cool. Uh, I just didn't think at the time. I was just like, whatever. Um but the orange sounded fucking great, and it was just that little. What was that thing he was using? It was a four by ten. Yeah, it was a mate. You know, my head on top of that in the Sanzan fucking sounded incredible. Yeah, and dude. It, and it even it was, cut through. And those than, and those like, cabs oh, also, no. like the guitar cabs with that bass cab. It like just the fills up the stage good. It fills up the stage really good. Amazing. So I was like, you know. I fucked up because I had money during this quarantine. I should have fucking geared up. 
and I didn't. I, ge- I geared up for this up for online. I, I geared up for online. I, I upgraded my interface. I that, got good, myself that's webcams. That's a good move. Yeah, that's that's the direction. I well, because I like teach a lot, so I built the studio. That was cool, but I didn't think about the the, um, the music thing. But I can still do it. I'm, I'm you know, I can still do it. I, I'm gonna start getting into that now, but um, I'm good. My gear is good. My gear is solid. You know, I always make sure it is. Yeah, yeah, right. So, all right. So that so that's your gear. And now what? Uh I just fucked up. Hold on. Where are we at? There we go. Oh, that's going to be all fucked up. I was trying to change here. This. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> all right. So you have your, uh, you have your, your tuner slash wireless into your Sansamp, into your GK head, into the eight by 10. And now what base are you using? What kind of, what, what do you look for in a base? Like what, what kind of pickups do you like? What, what's, what's your main go-to base? Um, my main go-to base is just the standard American P base. That's it. That's, that's my thing. Uh, I'm endorsed by ESP and um, I put, you know, they sent me, they sent me a, beautiful bass that I play in Europe every day. You know what I mean? Um, they yeah. do, you know, and they actually just sent me another new bass um, for me to play here in the States. Um, they went through some changes where at the time, they just weren't giving me what I wanted. and um, So I was just playing my P-Bass. <laughs> right. But, um, um, you know, I'm Right now, I'm, so you have different gear for Europe and for America. Just the base, America. I usually use my P base. Over in Europe, I'd use my ESP. But they just sent me a nice ESP now, so I'm full time using that. Um, it's a beautiful base. They sent and, me and still P base pickups on that. Yeah. No, no. I'm mean, actually no. You know, actually no. They have, it's, it's full ESP, you know, like all the pickups. But I'm saying like um, the P bass style. Yeah, absolutely. But I, they're not as they're not passive though. Oh no. No, I mean they're passive, not active. Sorry. Oh right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, my so, favorite pickup combination is the PJ, like on the Fender Aerodyne, where it has like the jazz pickup, the thin rail oh, in the, in yeah, the neck, yeah, yeah. and then the staggered in the bridge. That's like. That with a fresh set of strings is like on, on a Fender bass. It's unbeatable, unbeatable. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's that's another. So another thing I wanted to talk about is you and I have a very, very, very similar thing that we do on the road, and not everybody does this. And I do this especially as a bass player. You change your strings every night, if I'm not mistaken, when you're on the road. Like I remember you you changing strings more often than, than me when I was oh, working yeah. for prong and, and uh, you know, with Jason and Tommy. Oh yeah. I mean, it gives it that bite. You know what I mean? It really gives that, that attack. Well, so you're like a Sansamp guy, right? Oh. So you're going for that grit, right? You're yeah. going for that grit. Oh, you yeah. want that so grit. So you strings, need that. With the right. new strings, it's overboard. 
it, it fucking punches you. It's got a blast in the face. You know what I mean? Like, um, otherwise, it just doesn't work for me. It's just hard for me to even play dead strings. I just like, it's just like not there for me. It's yeah, I need. Be your face. And that's our sound, you know? Yeah, I need, I need to hear it. I need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be crisp and fucking bright and hard. You know, it's got to be. Otherwise, it falls through. I'm, I'm in a band with two guitar players, so I want, you know, I want my presence to be known, but not over do it. But it's got to cut through a little bit. You know, it's got to, um, you know, like you know, especially with hardcore music, the um, bass and drums is everything. You know what I mean? When everything did you? On top is just, um, you know. When when did you like adapt this habit of changing your strings like super often to always get that tone? Like was that something that like because in the beginning, right? We're all we're all piss poor broke and we can't afford bass strings like every goddamn day. So like when did this become something that you learned was going to benefit you? And w- when did you adapt it? Was it with well, joining Agnostic Front? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we had we had the endorsement of Ernie Ball at the time, and um, yeah, they would give me whatever we wanted, and uh, you know, so I, I was changing the strings every night. But then I realized that I only actually played the top two. I mean, <laughs> you know, for the most part, I mean, I always hit the other strings here and there throughout the set. But the top two is like what you're riding on. That's that's everything, you know? Yeah. So then I just have them send me easy days, you know? So it's like less stuff they have to send me, save them money. You know, I don't don't fucking be a dick, you know? Like, no, all I'm all playing is out of the top two. So just send me them. And then I I, I would like send me those in like two full sets for a tour, you know? And they (laughs) love, (laughs) it was great. They love it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I bet. Yeah, it was punk great. rock. Punk yeah, rock. Ernie Ball loved it. They were great. Um, and then it just we wound up, you know, we wound up switching companies because, like, um, I think that Ernie Ball went through a lot of a lot of changes, and um, they were dealing with a lot of shit. And at the time, we were touring like lunatics, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm not getting bass strings, and I'm fucking losing my mind over here," and I'm like. So I had a, um, you know, I, I had to switch over. Yeah, what'd you do? Who'd you go to after that? Oh, uh, guess who hooked me up? <laughs> well, I mean, I I saw I saw what strings you use now. If I'm not mistaken. What, what, let's see if you, let's challenge you. Let's see if you know. I'm pretty sure you use GHS strings. Am I right? Yeah, I can't remember right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty uh, sure. Um, no, we, we use the blue steel. What's the blue steel? What's the oh, brand? D Markley, D Markley, D Markley. Oh, Jason was Jason was GHS, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, D Markley. We use D Markley. Yeah, D Markley is great. They've been awesome with us. I'm actually probably have to like get in touch with those guys and see what's up. 
because um, who the fuck knows what's going on right now in the world we're living in. That whole change in strength thing may be a thing of the past for me. I mean, I mean, just I mean, just start finding some other methods. I may be boiling those boiling those motherfuckers soon. Right. Hey, uh, uh, hold on real quick. I want to reset my webcam uh, before I ask this next question. So I'm going to, I am going to edit this part. So just give me a right. minute. Yeah. After I switched it, it like narrowed my fucking picture i had to just unplug it all right so that string thing kind of brings me into this next part here where we don't know what's going on so when you're not on tour which as we've figured out has basically been you know for the first time in 20 years just this past year what are some things that you do to keep yourself creative Right. And and how are you trying to to push forth that in and still keep yourself busy and also do something that like you can build from? Like what what kind of stuff have you been doing? Well, you know, I mean, if anyone that knows me or follows me, um I, I love I love art, you know, I love any No way. Uh, With that background, I would never yeah, tell. I, go figure. I'd never I love, tell. I love graffiti. Uh I love um I love any. I love anything creative. You know what I mean. Like, uh, I try to just do different stuff, and that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm doing furniture. I'm doing all sorts of different. Like you're painting furniture. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually. Well, I'm building a cassette tape table, coffee table. All right, out of cassette tapes. Not out of cassette tapes. That's kind of cool idea too. But I, I created a big. It's a big, like, pitcher of coffee table, a cassette tape. And I've seen some of those, and I was like, wow, it's really cool. But then I was like, what if I do my style art on and make my own style cassette on that? So that's what I'm doing now. You know what you should do? You should do exactly that, but film it and put it on YouTube. Oh, we're going to do all of it. Yeah, once we get it done and... We're going to do a lot. Of like, no, like as you make it, as you make all your art, you should just, yeah. you should just have a camera. Documented, on. Yeah. Documented. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, have a camera on. Talk about it, dude. If you ever look at what YouTubers are, they're really just like, I know. Doc, they my, document my themselves. Is obsessed. The, all they do is, is document themselves, you know, just document your creation process. That's what, you know, that, that's what people, appreciate with this patreon stuff right like they are there to support they want to see the ins and outs everyone always wants to see the behind the scenes right that's that's what i look up i always want to know what how does the process start you know anyone can listen to a hit song i want to see i want to see like a year in the life of metallica and i want to watch that band struggle yeah I want to see. I want to see. see That That changed my life. A year in the life of Metallica changed my life. Yeah. So you're doing your your art, and uh, so you're doing paintings, and you're making furniture. And do you sell it online or what? 
Oh yeah, most of the stuff I sell online. The furniture is kind of a new thing I'm doing. Kind of figuring out what I'm going to do with that. Um, it's pretty wild. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, we were working so long on it, but like then COVID hit, and then we had to build this, and that kind of took a little time out. Um, as far as on the creative side, but creating this was like a really amazing thing too. Um, but yeah, now we're working really hard on this furniture. It's a really cool thing. Um, you're just going to have to see it. You know I mean? It's hard to explain. It's going to be definitely different than anything that's out there. It's, it's, a, it's actually a piece of art that's furniture. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's the best. That's the best. It's really combining cool. everything. Yeah. I love that. Yeah really cool it's very street it's very um it's pop graffiti um just it's really cool it's just it's fun i can't i'm so excited i can't wait to release it and uh you're gonna release that on your website i'll release yeah and that's that's mike dash gallo.com right um no the um the website Oh, sorry. Gallo.originals.com. Yeah, there we go. Gallo.originals.com. It's, I knew it. Was, I, yeah, I, I knew it. But on, I, I mean, you can find me on IG. You know, it's just Mike and that's, Gallo. Yeah, that's Mike Gallo, right? Yeah. yeah so it's With the blue check me. mark. Make sure yeah. that there's a blue check mark there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I love, I, I love seeing, I love seeing uh, all, all the different pieces that you've created on your Instagram. Um, I love it. I love it. For sh- like, it's so cool. Um, and you just recently even did like a shirt collab with Agnostic Front, right? Yeah, I did that too. Um, with a um, friend of ours from Queens, guys named Freddie Alva. Um, he's released a book called Urban Styles, and he's just like deals with like street culture. Um, right, and you have your own clothing line too, right? With this, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I have my own thing. I mean, like, this is my little selfish promotion over here. Yeah, I love you that. Know? I love that. And the hat, you know, I, I, I just, I put my designs on clothes. You know, I think I do fun stuff. Um, some things do better than others, but I have, I got a whole store of anything from pillows to hoodies to sneakers to clocks to and that's the gallo dash originals.com yeah yeah check it out awesome yeah, dude i started with the t-shirt because i was playing in all these different bands and i was like getting paid seven dollars a day to go on these punk rock tours you know what i mean yeah. and like up to thirty dollars a day was like top pay for punk rock and like so i started coming up with my own t-shirt designs um just to try and you know make that money to to eat you know where it doesn't have to come out of the band fund or something like that because i was too broke to buy a cheeseburger um and then that turned into me having like my own solo band and stuff um and it's cool to see someone like you who you know got your staple in this industry in a band and you've been able to take that platform and release your art with it you know and grow your brand that's, yeah. that's that's so cool like you know to be able to to take from this and use that to push your other creative side i love that yeah you know it's just you, you gotta find like your niche you know like um before i was doing this i was i was i became i was i became a barber because i just wasn't making enough money doing 
the band, you know? And I was like, what happened to the band ends? And what I was supposed to fall back on? And I learned to cut hair. That was fun. I was doing the barber thing. That was a good time. Like you know, a, like a straight razor guy? Yeah, yeah, all that shit. Yeah, old school barber, you know? I know. A friend of mine was teaching me. Um, Last time I was in Dallas, I wanted to get a straight shave because I just, like, you know, wanted to be, like, down in the, the Old West and, like, get, like... And it was it was it was horrible. It was like a horrible. It's like the, the yeah. Dude, like didn't know what he was. It's, I was like, I I could do better myself. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough unless you get a guy that's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, that's what it is. It's I got so, I got experience. some new punk. Yeah, I got some new yeah. punk and like. Uh, you got jacked. I want I wanted yeah. the old crusty guy with the the long mustache yeah. to be like. Yeah, he just knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's been doing it for so long. Yeah, it's it takes some time to really learn how to do that you know um i i did okay with it you know i was all right but i remember i did stigma's face <laughs> the first time he's my guinea pig he says he still feels the <laughs> yeah <laughs> to this day he still feels it you know like that first struggle like yeah <laughs> he, he's like i still i still feel it it's in my, he's like it's been embedded <laughs> in me <laughs> So, uh, you know, but yeah, I did the barber thing. That was cool. You know, that got me by. I always, I always seem to fucking get by no matter what I do. I don't know. I'm an idiot savant, you know. What can I tell you? You know. Yeah, but, we're, um, we're at least half of that. We we are musicians. <laughs> yeah. We're either idiot savants or just idiots or just savants. I don't know which. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I go through cycles with what I feel like. Yeah. You know? Because <laughs> mostly, like... mostly idiots, sometimes savant, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> savant for about 45 minutes to an hour every night. And then yeah, you kidding, man. It's crazy. idiot the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's it's I, I definitely miss the, the road life, but you know, I, I've been doing everything I can to adapt to these new times and we're, we're gonna see where the future goes. I the, a hardcore show, I I'm in very interested to see how that comes back into the world. Um you and me both. For, for those of you who don't know, um hardcore shows are usually um, entirely too many people in like large to three XL t-shirt size in a venue that isn't supposed to hold as many people that are there and it's packed and everyone's drunk and everyone's bouncing off each other. And it's a phenomenal experience. Um, but it's very close. It's very sweaty. It's very intimate. It's very, much it's like a contact sport <laughs> oh yeah it's like <laughs> even all it spills UFC, onto the stage but um but not <laughs> you know like you know you can go off but everybody helps each other you know it's like now we, people try to kill each other but not really yeah but they pick each other up exactly yeah it's it's the rare occurrence where that shit goes south usually yeah. like yes it's violent for those who are in the center of violence. It was, but, you know. but more often than not like oh, yeah. if a fight breaks out dude everyone just stops it like yeah, yeah. yeah. you know it, was, it went through a crazy time but it's not like that anymore you know what i mean no and yeah Especially, but, you know 
the guys that did that back in the days, they're the ones that are stopping it, you know, because they realize it's not, you know. But, you know, it, it's great. You know, it's, it's, it's a great experience. It's really hardcore is a thing that um, most people don't experience and don't understand, especially if they see a quick clip of a video of it. But if you actually understand it and come to it, um, it's an experience in a live performance that you'll never see because it's actually the band communicating with the crowd. Right. Kind of like if the crowd was at a play and they were part of the play. You know? Right. The crowd the is never, you know, sometimes, you know, to try to explain it to people that like have never experienced it that maybe been to a broadway play that the audience plays a part it's like the rocky audience, horror right audience <laughs> the audience is is half of the show the audience making you know, up the it's, woes it's, uh, it's, it's interaction between the band and the people and that's the difference between hardcore and metal and everything else you so, can go to you can go to any, special. You can go to any kind of show and you'll never experience that thing that you experience in hardcore and even in some punk where it's just yeah. it's about the gang vocals, right? Yeah, it's about yeah, yeah. the throwing the fist Bad. in the air and saying that whoa and that oh yeah. with all your Bad. might. Yeah. And that, that transference of energy. Yeah, you won't see that in any other you know, you're not going to see that at a um, Red Hot Chili Pepper show. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, you know what I mean? No, they're, they, they're from yeah. California, so, you know, it's no, going to be all true. reggae. I, yeah, but there's a lot reggae of surfboards. Yeah, you know, but, um, you know, I mean, I'm just trying, I'm just throwing any band out there, you know, I'm not dissing on the Red Hot Chili Pepper. No, 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 I'm saying, yeah. Like, Nickelback, you know, whatever, you know what I mean, like, that's the thing that scares me. It's like, you know, all, you know, a lot of these bands can come back, but like hardcore, what's going to happen? So. Yeah, that it's that transference of energy is so much of the show. I, yeah. I agree with you. I've, I've definitely experienced that, you know, all the way, way back in 1999, you know? Um, yeah. So, Real quick, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming thank on you, here and, yeah. and answering some questions. Um, before we go, I actually have a bonus question because okay. uh, my co-host's uh, boyfriend, it, um, we, I saw like some live stream they were doing and he had an agnostic front poster. And I was like, hey, man, you know, is there anything that uh you might want me to to ask so let me let me look it up real quick sure yeah here we go Doo -doo -doo. this will be a little bonus bonus maybe ask from this page too many pages yeah Sorry. here it is um Ooh, this is a good one. Oh boy. <laughs> this is something that you're going to have to think about. Oh boy. 
So bonus, bonus, bonus. What does it take to be um, in shape for, he said, a month long agnostic front tour, but I know you guys tour for like a year long, right? But what, what does it take to be in shape to perform on stage to the level in which you do? And what kind of things do you do to increase your stamina? Um, it's all mental. It's all mental. I, I am a fucking yo-yo as, as being in shape and being out of shape. Right. It's actually, as, yeah, as we all are. It's, it's, um, it's been my demon in life. <laughs> it's, it's always been the thing that mentally always fucked me up. Um, there's times when I'm fucking in great shape. There's times when I'm 20 pounds overweight. I just, I, I, it's, it's all mental. You know what I mean? Like you have to just put that out of your mind. Um, yeah, I like being lighter on stage. <laughs> it makes things a lot better. Uh, it makes all throughout the tour. Um, less injuries because we're bouncing on stage like fucking maniacs. Uh, it's all mental. You guys are so lively too. It's, it's something like you'd never experienced, you know, like, that's I love I love that I love the high energy you know yeah, when, Ro- when Roger place. comes off stage he looks like he just came through like a car wash yeah <laughs> yeah it's not pretty to look at but it's pretty intense <laughs> and you're like well this is wild yeah let's check this out you know like and we actually have good songs yeah you do perform well and anthemic. If if you like, give it a little bit of a chance, you, you get sucked in. You know, um, I agree. I play with you know, like Vinny and Roger, um, those two dudes. Like, I mean, they started a, a scene, the hardcore punk rock scene, just thinking there was an outlet for them as as as, as like kids, just to just get away from real life and whatever was going on. In, problems they were having in their life and they created a scene that became worldwide and now they're like in their 60s and 50s and like holy shit like we're still doing this godfathers of hardcore because it was it was real you know it's not it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bullshit you know what i mean like people still believe in it you know and um that's the hardcore that's the difference between hardcore and metal and everything else like um, the music may not always be as I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, a lot of people like. I mean, just um, I mean, I remember I was I was always pissed off about it. You know, like um, Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden would be like, um, you know, he would diss on punk rock and shit and say that the music wasn't simple and it was you know blah 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 and and it's like yeah you know but like that may be true but like. I look at myself, even as an artist, I know myself as like a punk rock artist. You don't need to be a great musician or a great artist to make a great piece or write a good song. It comes from within. You know what I mean? Like, you can do anything with a good song. You can take it to a studio and have fucking um, Bob Rock take it and make it the most incredible song ever. But strip down to the bare bones, whether it's a good song or not, you know, like, you don't have to even the most, music, you know, 
even the most complex prog song can be broken down like the most crazy arpeggios and solos and licks everything can be broken down to a simple chord progression and that's what punk rock and hardcore is it is that that simple chord progression and the pure heart right yeah, it's like it's pure heart with that simple chord progression and all that complexity that's that's within the experience you know like yeah. but all, all those prog bands you can you could punk rock your way through all of those songs if you want if you like just yeah. those chord progressions it's the same yeah. shit yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why it goes. I mean, that's why it goes to show you that, like, it's just a, it's a different animal. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you listen to different bands for different reasons, but like, with the punk thing, you know, it's just it's all just heart and um, energy and just fun and just aggression. You know what I mean? Like, there's tons of bands that I'm not into that my other friends are into just because that time and moment in their life that was an important band in their life and it's just it's usually around band. our adolescence yeah you know, it's so usually it's it's your favorite bands i think are somewhere in like you know 12 to 16 somewhere in there you got like this band that's super nostalgic for you you know yeah you know so it's it's just you know at the time it's a place um, it's just you know but punk rock is a, is a different thing you know it's um I can't wait until we get back into it. And, you know, hopefully the world allows us to be able to share these experiences um, again with people, you know, face to face, um, you know, admit, hopefully, you know, things, you know, with the world, the way it's going and, and, and science and technology, hopefully we'll be back there sooner rather than later, you know? I hope so. You know, I, I pray, I pray, I just, you know, hope for the better. Until uh, then, until then, people can go to gallo-originals.com and they can follow you. And Agnostic yes, Front, look up Agnostic Front Please if you do. don't know Agnostic Front. Yeah, check and, it out. And look at some of the shows that we were talking about, man, because I... Do, you find them on YouTube? Yeah, by the boatload. Like I, I'm so fortunate to have been 15 and in, you know, those crowds. Oh, I, yeah. feel, I feel so very fortunate because I, I didn't get to see a lot of those bands like Pantera, and uh, I've never seen Metallica live. I, I never have either. Yeah, I've like, never, really? I never saw Pantera and I never oh, saw Metallica. But you know, you because I was going to like punk rock and and uh, VFW shows and and. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I saw I saw Agnostic Front at Sports World in Paramus, New Jersey. It was like an arcade that had shows there for like three weeks, man. It was Hellfest. What? Hellfest. What was? Oh, was that Hellfest? that show. I think so. So I think, that, it, was I think it was Hellfest. Yeah, I don't the remember. First Hellfest that got taken over in Europe. Yeah, I think it was Hellfest. I think so. I think that was it. It was like in the IKEA complex, right? Uh, it was sort of. It was Sports World. Yeah, Sports World. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and dude, and like, come on, man. Like that's. I went to these small, intimate shows. I never went to the city. I never went to the big yeah. venues. I never went to the stadiums. I always went to these intimate shows, and you know, because I went in that life, maybe, and you know, and wasn't 
I don't know. Just shows were different. The punk rock scene is just there's a heart, there's a unity there, and there's something that can't be matched by anything else. So I can't wait till we get back on the road. You ain't kidding, brother. Well, thank you so very much for coming on here. You are the best. And uh, yeah, man. And uh, the extended interview of this will be on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Dean Music Official. Um, and yeah, and make sure you go to gallo-originals.com and support this awesome artist and his vision. So thank you very much. Thank you, brother. Talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. And we're back. So, yeah. (laughs) Mike is so awesome. Dude, he's such a talented artist. You know, um, make sure that you look him up and find his artwork. Um, It's great. It's great pop art. It looks so good. It's on the level of all of the famous pop art that you see. It really is. Um, He just sent me uh, a picture. No, I'm lying. I saw it on his story. Um, but I commented on it and we started talking. That's why I thought he sent it to me. But uh, I just saw that he did this thing. It was like a bat, like a 1960s Batman logo, but it says Ozzy on it, you know, and it's like a pop art spray paint design. Like it's so, I love that stuff, man. It's so cool. It would look so good on my wall. Um, but yeah, man. And so we have to be creative. The moral of the story is, and we've been kind of alluding to this for quite a while. So I'm happy that on episode 10, uh, Episode 10, 10, 10, 10. We get to... um, What? It's the Jazz Hands episode. (laughs) Those those of you who've seen Bring It On. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we have to be inventive. You know, uh, episode nine was about being more than just a bass player, right? Yes, we have to be more than just in anything. (laughs) Yeah, we have to we have to be everything as much as we can. And yes, that does make life more challenging when, you know, you are your own web designer and creative force and song creator and artist and, you know, VP of graphic design and all this other stuff. Not only that, but and then when you're working a full time job too, and you still have to do that as well. That's it, it's hard in the beginning because nobody wants to take that step because it's there's so much to do. In the beginning, in the beginning, I used to drive a truck first to make money, and then I would teach my lessons part time. Now that started off with me teaching lessons for School of Rock, and then after that, I started teaching privately, mm-hmm. and. It was the same. It was I would, you know, drive a truck most of the time in during the day and then teach in the afternoon after school was out and stuff. As time went on, I was able to make that shift to where I taught guitar most of the time and drove a truck sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And now um, I've been driving a truck for so long, like I'm over it. You know what I mean? It's just um, I don't I'm really I'm really good at it, and it sucks I that I hate it. With hair. 
there. I was the same way there. I did it for 18 years, almost, well, yeah, nearly 20 years. And it was just, it was just time to focus on one thing. And even though I was great at hair and I had a lot of clients and everything was wonderful and I made all kinds of money, the, the problem is that like what's, whatever's deep down inside of you, if, if you're really a musician, it's crying because it wants to continue. It wants to continue on its actual path. And well, so even when I did truck driving, right? Like I would record demos and then I'd put the demos on CD oh, and then I'd listen to the demos. All of them. I wrote half the lyrics at work in between clients and I wrote mm -hmm. all, the, all of the melodies on the way to work or on the way home. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that worked for a little while, but it's that kind of thing sucks for me because like, let's say you get that life changing idea right then and there. Well, you're in a truck right now, you know, you're not in front of the computer. So, um, I would do some stuff. Memos. You what? My favorite thing is voice memos. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate of voice memos. Um, I'm a huge advocate of notepads. I'm a huge advocate of pull over and work the goddamn idea out. Um, you know, sorry, boss. I was stuck in traffic for 20 minutes. You know, I had to take a dump, you know, meanwhile, I'm just like, you know, right, writing down lyrics, figuring out the melody. And it is what it is, um, you know, but it just, it takes time. You start off slow and you do one thing and then you do another thing and then you do another thing and you do trial and error and you work through your network. And like, it doesn't always work the first time around, but sometimes it does, you know, um, I got really lucky that the first person that I tried to work out a custom guitar pickup with was the dude who I wanted to work with. And that's Matt over at plan 916. And, you know, I, I didn't like, but I didn't just work out like, Hey man, like I want to do this custom pickup. I worked with this dude. We built a rapport as time went on, we talked things out. We came to a deal, you know, I didn't just jump into it again. I don't have a contract with him, um, but we're mutual. Like we're, we're, we're mutual, uh, uh, not even like kind of sort of like business partners, but like, well, with Matt, it's completely different. Cause like I have my models, you know, I have six string pickups, seven string pickups, eight string pickups, bass pickups, all this stuff where, but the reason why I'm doing that is not, it's like, I found this dude who makes something so amazing that I just really, honestly, I just want other people to know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's really what it is. I happen to also be designing stuff with him, but that comes out of the fact that this dude gave me a pickup. I put it in my guitar and I was like, oh my God, this rocks, yeah. you know? And then, and, but it was little by little by little. And you know what? I haven't sold a million sets of pickups, but I can promise you that the people who I've put the pickups in their guitars are more than happy. And yeah. that's what I care about. You know, um, we want to make residual income. We want to have, you know, everybody re remember you get a little bit from here, a little bit from there. You're not going to get rich on any one thing unless you get lucky. Right. It's not to say that it can't happen. Um, it's not to say that you won't design that shirt that goes viral, 
but like let's be for real there's 45 billion t-shirt designs you know <laughs> yeah i mean there might there, there might be a little bit more chance just because things do go viral and, and that's a new thing in this kind of uh you know world that we dude live in. i got news for you people cared more back in the day than they do now you know i remember when uh what was it what was that uh who's that tattoo artist ed hardy that that the christian dude ed hardy i remember when ed hardy got huge and that dude that that's exactly what it is someone took their art put it on a t-shirt and it became huge it's not to say that it can't happen you right but Right, but how many Ed Hardys are there? Uh-huh, and yeah, and then they all change to that, yeah. It's, yeah, everybody changed their design to that, and like... It's very innovative, of course, but we're... You're, and you're but that dude doesn't... He didn't make all of his money from that, right? That dude had... He had this, and he had that, and he had this, and he had that. Everything... You, you're just going to have to branch out. You're going to have to find out what you're comfortable with. You're not going to be able to do everything. Maybe you don't want to have a website. Maybe you only work good on Instagram. That's cool make money from it though yeah, you know figure out how to use whatever tools you are you can figure out you can utilize figure out how to just turn that into a buck that's it one dollar and don't worry about people you know how much money they have if they if they have the money and they want your product they will buy it make sure that you value yourself enough and that is so hard especially in times like these where we're all feeling a little bit low but i promise you yeah, don't go, don't, don't get down if somebody says no. I promise you, if you hold yourself to a high value, you will never regret it. Mm -hmm. You will regret undervaluing yourself because, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to raise your prices once you need to. If you come in a little bit higher, you're going to be a little bit better off. And also, no I've learned from experience uh, being a hairdresser. If I didn't raise my prices enough, and everything else was being raised around me, I, I started losing profits. And so mm -hmm. you really have to, if you're at a state in your career where you're, you know that you're worth a certain amount, you need to put it out there and people will come and pay for it. And it's not like you need a whole lot of people. Um, you know, if you want to make a, a lot off of album sales, maybe that's in the future for you, but you really have to build your brand and really um, focus on those little, those little nuggets. It depends on who you ask, man, right? But all you need is a minimum of 100 true fans. If you take into account that the average person, you know, who is a band or doing business has anywhere from like, like even let's say a mediocre Instagram of like 1200 people on Instagram, you only need to get, you know, less, less than 100 of them. Right, right? If you have 1200 people on Instagram, you could you could probably build your musician brand and business off of 10 of those people. Yeah. 10 of those people will share your stuff. They will buy your stuff. They will give you enough money to maybe limp along and make a couple of different designs and give you feedback and help you grow that business. Yeah, your first, your first core people, and then it starts branching out and um, you'll, you'll get there as long as you just don't take no, I mean, don't worry about the no's, worry about the yeses and go for what you, what you want as a, as an artist. I started off with one student, you know, and uh, I haven't had the same students all along because people's, you know, schedules change and 
uh, their drive changes because some kids are like preteens and, you know, they find girls. Next thing you know, like, who needs a guitar right now? Um, yeah, I got to learn how to play this other instrument over here. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like, but I started off with one student and that slowly turned into a couple dozen. And I, I got news for you, man. I don't regret it. Not one bit. It wasn't an easy road and it was promo work. And it was, you know, the other thing is uh, if someone doesn't want to pay for your service, this is something I learned from like Gary V or one of those guys. Um, if, if someone doesn't want to pay for your service, maybe it's not worth what you're asking for it. Um, you know, if you can only give away free consultations, that's because your consultations are worth that. They're worth, they're free. If you wanna give out a $5 consultation, that's because your consultation is worth $5. If you wanna give out a $100 consultation, that's because your consultation is worth $100. And I've had some really deep consultations with hair that I should have charged a hundred bucks for, that's for sure. Cause I gave them so much information and they didn't even sit down in my chair to get their hair done. They just wanted advice. And I could have made some bank off of that. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Holly, you, as always, you are a phenom and I am so happy that we have shared this journey thus far in our 10, 10, 10, 10, 10th episode of Base Cafe with Holly and Dean. Make sure to go to Holly's Patreon at patreon.com slash hollywestmusic and on all things interwebs, Holly West Music. And then you can find me, Dean, at Dean Music Official on everything.com. And of course, my new thing that I'm pushing is my patreon.com slash Dean Music Official. Uh, where you can, again, you will see this full two-hour interview with, you know, someone who I've looked up to for years, and I'm so happy that I get to call him a friend, um, Mike Gallo from Agnostic Front. So we will see you all on episode 11. We got some new things in store for you. We're going to try out some stuff. Let us know if you like it down in the comments below. Make sure to uh, like, and subscribe, like and subscribe, and we'll see you soon.